This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. 30. Uh, off the top in this hour, uh, a couple of uh, interesting announcements this week. I, I was a little disappointed yesterday when NASA had billed a, a big announcement about Europa and, you know, finally they've found the alien sharks, but we're not there yet. Although it, it was a, a, an interesting announcement because it's believed that there are vast oceans under the ice on, on Europa, which is one of Jupiter's moons. And, you know, its proximity to Jupiter, its, its potential temperature, uh, a lot of factors suggest that there's, there's maybe a good chance, or a reasonable chance anyway, that there could be life in those oceans. And will we ever know for sure? Uh, so uh, an announcement yesterday concerning uh, vapor plumes, water vapor plumes, which is potentially exciting. So we'll get some explanation of that. Now, we got today uh, still happening as far as I'm aware. Uh, Elon Musk, the uh, eccentric billionaire, uh, SpaceX founder and CEO, uh, he was speaking today at the International uh, Astronautical Congress in Mexico in what was billed as a discussion on the long-term technical challenges that need to be solved to support the creation of a permanent self-sustaining human presence on Mars. Now, we haven't even put humans on Mars at all. We're a long way from that, let alone colonizing the planet. So uh, Elon Musk certainly dreaming big. Uh, let's go to our guest here. Uh, joining us on the phone is Kate Lunau, Canadian editor of Motherboard, which is Vice Media's uh, digital vertical dedicated to science, technology, and future culture. Kate, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so anything, I, I think this is still happening, this whole Elon Musk event, but uh, anything trickling out of that yet? Oh my gosh, yeah, I've been watching it for the last hour. I just hopped off and he was still talking, but basically he's been giving this talk in Mexico that you mentioned, outlining how he wants to get humans to Mars, you know, pretty soon. I, Elon Musk has said in the past that he hopes he retires on Mars, and he basically said he is going to devote his personal fortune to this. He's got a plan to get humans there, and uh, in, a, in a talk that I'm sure was being watched by thousands, if not millions of people, he is outlining it right now. Well, and I mean, look, he's serious about it. And obviously, you know, SpaceX has, has been really revolutionary. It, it, it seems as though, you know, the, the future of space travel is going to have a different component. There's so many countries in, involved. And then you've got this private in, involvement as well. It really changes the dynamic, doesn't it? Definitely. I mean, see, we're seeing these private companies like SpaceX um, pop up now, and they're getting contracts with NASA. You know, SpaceX has uh, has flown up to the International Space Station, and now they have this plan to get to Mars. You know, NASA has also talked about sending humans to Mars, maybe by the 2030s. Um, Elon Musk today presented a plan that, uh, that I think people are going to be watching closely, and he obviously takes it very seriously. I mean, he made a really good point, which is that we're not really going to get humans to Mars until the cost of getting there comes down. He estimated that today it would cost something like, I think he said $10 billion to get a human to Mars. Well, he wants to make it about as affordable as buying a house, like, you know, $100,000, $200,000. And his feeling is that if he can do that, he can get a critical mass of people to Mars and maybe even start a colony there, which sounds pretty far-fetched, but he really seems to think this is the way to go. All right, well, let's talk about NASA's announcement yesterday. It had a, an interesting piece on, on the significance of this because you know, water vapor plumes, uh, it sounds technical, but it, it really is exciting. I mean, you're, you know, in terms of what we have in our solar system here beyond Earth where there might be life, does Europa seem to be the best candidate? 
Totally. Now, you know, moving away from Mars, if we look at Europa, this is a moon of Jupiter, and we've been interested in it for a long time as a place to look for life because what's amazing about it is it has this global ocean. So it's covered in water. It has about twice as much water as our planet Earth, even though it's only about as big as our moon. So that's pretty mind-boggling in itself. But what scientists there think they've seen now are actually kind of plumes of water vapor squirting up or erupting from the moon. I mean, it's kind of neat in its own right, but it also is going to make it a lot easier to explore what is in that ocean because, you know, sending a robot or even a human astronaut to Europa to drill down through miles of ice and sample that water, that's not going to happen anytime soon. I doubt it will happen in my lifetime, but we can send a spacecraft that could kind of cruise through that plume and take a sample of it. It gives us a much more accessible way to figure out what's in that ocean than if maybe it could support life. Uh, so there has been talk uh, of uh, sending some kind of probe, maybe, as you say, one that would be able to fly through those plumes or potentially one that could even land and, and mm-hmm. maybe drill. But I, I guess the idea of, of the, the, the flyby, the bypass, that, that's a lot more feasible at this point. I think so. I mean, NASA has a mission planned there. They say that will launch sometime in the 2020s, and they're still kind of planning exactly which instruments will be on there and what they're going to do. But we have seen uh, we have seen something like this on another moon, Enceladus, around Saturn, which has these kind of icy geysers that are shooting stuff up. And uh, the Cassini mission actually did manage to take a sample from from one of those geysers. So maybe we could do something similar on Europa. You know, I've had scientists tell me that you know, we might find something like bacteria there living in the weird chemicals and minerals at the surface. Or maybe there are, you know, if we really want to be far-fetched, maybe there's jellyfish in the ocean. We just don't know. Obviously, this is very speculative right now. We've never found life anywhere else than on Earth. But scientists say that where there's water and a few other ingredients, there can be life. And it looks like Europa might have the right ingredients. Well, and it's, yeah, there are a lot of things working in its favor because, uh, I mean, Jupiter has numerous moons. I mean, being near Jupiter entails its its own risk. You got radiation and gravity issues and and temperature issues, but it all seems to to work for Europa. It just uh, seems to be mm-hmm. right in in the sweet spot. Yeah, one of the one of the great things, one of the benefits of being, you know, close to the massive giant that is Jupiter is that it exerts this this force on Europa just because of its massive gravity. So it, it actually seems to be causing Europa's rocky core to kind of flex, which is maybe producing a sort of heating at the end, you know, in the in the waters of that ocean. So it's possible to imagine that there may be life there. You know, I should add that although we have never, you know, done direct samples of Europa, there is a really good analog for it here in Canada, which people might be surprised to learn, but up in none of it, there is this glacier in the very far north that's actually got sort of sulfur deposits on the outside. And scientists have been working there to find bacteria and other things living there to kind of hone their techniques that one day they might be able to use on Europa, which is thought to possibly have sulfur on the surface in a similar way. I guess we don't want to go there and and contaminate it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, the idea of landing and drilling, we'd have to be awfully careful about something like that. Oh, absolutely. You know, space agencies are so careful about anything that they send up into space um, because the worst thing to do would be to go to some faraway planet and think you found some life and it's really just something that hitchhiked its way there with you. So, you know, certainly any mission is so carefully planned to make sure that there's no contamination. That's a really big concern. Howard, by the way, and getting back to, to the detection of the plumes, um, you know, <laughs> Europe is very far away. So tell us about how NASA's getting these images and, and how they, they've observed these plumes. 
Yeah, it's interesting. They actually managed to do it with the Hubble Space Telescope, and I sat in on the the you know the announcement yesterday, and they were saying that this was actually the telescope had suffered a breakdown, and it was the astronauts aboard the ISS that kind of fixed the equipment and made this possible. I think it was back in 2009, so that was an interesting detail. But what they did was they actually captured images of Europa um, using the ultraviolet spectrum, and I should add that you know they haven't been 100% confirmed. They're saying that they believe this is what it is. But, you know, there's no natural phenomenon that could explain it other than plumes. But they said maybe there's some quirk in the instrument that we're not aware of. So they just weren't willing to say we're 100% sure that's what it is. But basically they said we can't think of anything else it would be. So we shouldn't say they're confirmed, but they look to be there. And, yes, it was done with the Hubble Space Telescope, which has just been an amazing instrument to tell us all about the, you know, the, what's around us off Earth. Uh, yeah. All right. So what's uh, NASA's next step here then? Well, you know, as for Europa, I think that they're going to keep looking. I mean, certainly any news we have, uh, like yesterday's, just adds more excitement and more more planning to get to a place like Europa and find out. And I'm sure, you know, they're probably feeling some heat from people like Elon Musk and his announcement today that he's planning on getting humans to Mars pretty soon, you know, maybe have a self-sustaining colony there one day. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what SpaceX plans next after this talk. I think that there's going to be pretty high expectations. And... And, uh, and hopefully, you know, you'll light a fire a bit under NASA, too. All right. Fascinating stuff. Uh, motherboard, uh, people can find more at uh, vice.com. Kate, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate this. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. That's uh, Kate Lou, now science writer, Canadian editor of Motherboard, uh, part of Vice Media. Uh, focusing on, on science, technology, and uh, future culture. So you can read her piece yesterday on the Europa announcement at uh, vice.com. And, yeah, I mean, Europa is a fascinating place. NASA says these water plumes are shooting about 125 miles into the air. Right, So the idea of sending some kind of probe through those plumes, study the water, that could be revealing. Ultimately, I think the goal would be to land something on Europa, to actually drill through the ice but um that entails a lot of different kinds of challenges but it's exciting to think what might be under there uh 403-974-8255 we got to take a break here when i come back and a few other things to get to uh before the bottom of the hour we'll hear from this atheist minister greta vosper coming up uh, after 2 30 it's afternoons on news talk 770 afternoons with rob breckenridge starting at 12 30 on news talk 770 calgary